A reading from the 8th chapter of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Roman church. Romans 8, beginning with verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body... You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with either eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I have some questions for you about fear. Every once in a while, fear comes up in a sermon, doesn't it? Because y'all have heard me say what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of addicts and snakes that I don't see. Everything else I'm okay with. That and scary movies. I don't do scary movies. Paying people to scare me makes no sense to me. But there was a TV show that people loved that did that, right? Fear Factor. Remember that? And all I would hear about is people talking about the episode where the guy ate the Malaysian cockroach. For money? There ain't enough money in the world. But some guy ate one for money. For the chance to win some money, right? Isn't that how it went? People face their greatest fears. Well, last week we talked a little bit about one of our greatest fears, that somehow we will never measure up and God will condemn us. Which we know somehow deep within us is what we deserve. We know we can reflect on our world and we can see the blanket of sin that hangs over it. We can see that most human beings, 99.62% was a percentage I used earlier today, of human beings are only concerned about themselves. 
And even sometimes when we take care of other people, it's so we can feel good about ourselves, isn't it? If we were honest, we would say that. Sometimes we give people presents so we can get one back. Fear factor. Being afraid of condemnation. All of those things bring up in us this unsettled tension that exists for us. And Paul wants us to think a little bit about that tension. Because without tension, there can't be hope. Without something to hope against, there's no reason to hope. And so last week he told us the good news that if we are in Christ, there is no condemnation for us. And so there's a setting aside for us of the fear that we know we don't measure up and we will be condemned. We can set that aside and know that because Christ died for us and was raised for us, that there's no condemnation left for us. But when we see the things that happen in this world, we still feel the tension of that fear. We're reminded that the tenet of humanism, that human equals good, is simply not true. We see it all around us as people choose all the time to subject other people to their own will, run pipelines through their rivers, and do things to people that make no sense all in the name of profit, right? The pollution that we struggle with today that causes some of our cancers was done to our creation all in the name of somebody making a profit and not having to worry about their grandchildren drinking it. My father was told by a public official, an official of the city of Rock Hill, that the solution to pollution in Rock Hill was dilution. Put enough water in, it goes away, but we know that's not true, don't we? It just goes downstream to someone else. And all around us, Paul, we can see that Paul is right. We see our creation groaning even more today as it struggles under the weight of all who have come before who disregarded its value and set it aside in the interest of themselves. And it's scary. It reminds me of a joke about fear. Do you know why six is afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. If six saw seven, eight, nine, six is going to be afraid, right? When we see all of this stuff happening around us, it causes tension in us. Because we wonder, where is the kingdom of peace that Christ is said to bring? Where is it? Where is that great peace that's supposedly coming in churches? People fight in church, don't they? You ever known somebody to leave your body because somebody else said something to them? And they wouldn't forgive. But yet our Lord says if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And that's terrifying to us, but we don't care because we're concerned about ourselves. Our self-worth, our own dignity. And it hangs over us like this big blanket of tension because we saw 7, 8, 9. We see what it does. We see what fear does and hurt does and sin does. And so somehow deep within us, as we examine our lives, we look and we see we don't measure up. We fall short. And I think Paul wants us to know that that fear of condemnation will hang around if we wallow in it. There's another one about fear. Y'all know it. Y'all ever drive over speed bumps? Do you know how to get over your fear of speed bumps? Slowly. 
Get it? You drive over it slowly? It's not funny? I thought it was. How did I write it? I used to have a fear of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. Is that better? How do we get over that fear of condemnation? If we just hear the words, there's therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ. And if we examined our own heart last week and we heard the Holy Spirit say to us, you are in Christ, then we can rest in the knowledge that there's no condemnation for us. But what do we do about the blanket of fear that threatens to hang over our lives and terrify us to try to do anything that we might fail at and disappoint God in? That is the number one thing that limits churches' willingness to try new ministries. Not a lack of funding, but a fear that it might fail and they might look silly. How can we get past that? How can we get past our fear of failure? There was a New York Times article. A cartoonist wrote the article... And the question that he posed was, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What is the one thing you might be willing to try if you weren't afraid? And for most people, what we are afraid of is not that we'll succeed, but that we'll fail. And when we hear Paul call us to a life in the Spirit, to let God's Spirit lead us, instead of always being concerned about ourselves, to let God's Spirit lead us instead of serving our flesh, instead of serving the desires of our flesh, to let God's Spirit lead us into those places that God would have us be, and to do and be the people God would have us be. Our fear is not that we would succeed, but that we might fail and fall back into judgment and condemnation. That seems to me like a logical fear. If sin got us in the place of condemnation before, if sin got us into that place of failure before, if sin caused us to be condemned in the first place, we might wonder what happens if we fail now. And so Paul lifts before us the idea that the whole creation lives under that same tension. We live in the kingdom of Christ and yet we know that the kingdom of Christ has not yet come on the whole earth. And we live in that tension. We live in the tension that fear could settle back over us. So Paul shares a good word with us. Two ideas that in some ways are one idea. He says to us, the Spirit that you have been given, the Holy Spirit has been given to you, church, is not a spirit of slavery, not a spirit of being enslaved to be afraid to try, not a spirit of being enslaved to rules, to the positive-negative outcome system that our world holds up. Because the way our world views things, it's not that you try that matters, it's not that you help that matters. The question is, what difference did it make? And sometimes the difference that it makes is that we try. But if we don't try, if we're afraid, we live into the slavery of the idea that if we don't achieve 100% success, then whatever we tried didn't matter. Including trying to please God. Not to receive God's forgiveness, but what we do, but trying to live for God. 
And Paul holds up for us that we might fail, but we've not been given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear that if we fail now, God will just condemn us. He says, no, you have been given a different spirit, a spirit of adoption. Say that word for me, church. Adoption. You have been given a spirit of adoption, which means you have been invited to live in the reality that you have been made a child of God, a daughter of God, a son of God. You. You have been invited to be a God's child. You have been made God's child through the Spirit of God given to you through your faith in Jesus Christ. Because you are in Christ, you are God's child. And for that reason, we don't have to live in the slavery of fear of failure. For that reason, We don't have to let the tension of failure and hate and sin that exists in this world terrify us and scare us into not serving God boldly. So the cartoonist question in the New York Times kind of comes right back to us. I was amazed that an article that widely read only had eight comments on it. And for the most part, They were simple little things that people shouldn't have been able to been afraid to try anyway. But the question might come up in our homes, hearts, what could we try, church, that we're afraid of, that we're afraid that God will judge us if we fail? What in your life might be God be calling to you, calling you to do, but you're afraid that you might fail and face God's wrath or condemnation? Paul says to us today, we will not. We have received a spirit of adoption. And that just as the whole creation will be redeemed, so we will be fully redeemed. Even the tension of fear that exists in our bodies. And like I told you last week, the good news is there is therefore now no condemnation for us. But the good news is also there's no fear. We need not fear God. We need not fear God being disappointed with us because we fail or turning God's back on us because we fail. Next week, Paul will bring that home with one of the most beautiful sentences ever written. But this week, be reminded, dear one, there is no confirmation for no condemnation for you if you are in Christ Jesus. And you have not received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption. You are God's child. Hold on to that. Let that hope color your life. Because as the book of Revelation and Isaiah tell us, the day is coming when God will make all things new. When there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And all the tensions and fears of this life will pass away. And we have been invited to live in that reality now. To live in the kingdom of love and joy and peace. 
Good news. No fear. Press on in faith, dear ones. Amen. Amen.